Welcome to this week's The Sports Block Podcast. Some sports will be talked about this week, but there are other events I think that are more noteworthy and that need to be discussed, and we will get to all of that here. No, no better person to do that with than my good friend, uh, sports director at KRN Radio, Darren Mitchell. Travis Crins. Travis, how we doing? Weather's been good. It's uh, Storms Thursday. We're bad. Ever since then, the weather's been perfect. Yeah, and so that's where we're going to begin, and that's where I think we'll spend a significant chunk of our time here this week, because, you know, there's not a whole lot going on sports, NBA, NHL playoffs, uh, NFL schedule was released, maybe we'll, we'll talk that, of course, baseball, but the weather was the big story here in the upper Midwest, specifically in the Dakotas and in Minnesota. Uh, we got storms on I think it was Monday and Wednesday, but Thursday like and Wednesday was was pretty bad, but Thursday was the day that everyone was looking at. And uh, I guess I was not aware of the massive amount of destruction that the derecho or these massive storms, had left in its wake uh, in South Dakota as I was watching the system come through up to St. Cloud. I mean, we got we got rain, a lot of rain, uh, significant lightning and thunder, and some uh, some wind. There was a tornado up in Rice, Minnesota, which is about 11 miles or so to the north of St. Cloud. It was moving north, so it wasn't. I mean, the sirens uh, rang out twice. On Thursday, I'd never heard the sirens here before in our almost you know two and a half years here, so I was I guess self-absorbed in what was going on in Minnesota and did not realize just the devastation and destruction being left in its in the storm's wake in South Dakota, specifically to Sioux Falls, to Castlewood, and to Brookings. I mean those three places. Got absolute, and I, you know, in Madison, uh, South Dakota, got clocked it with like a, almost a hundred mile an hour winds. Madison, Minnesota, the same thing. I think there was 94, 97. Like every place that this storm hit, left something, uh, left some pretty devastating uh, and some honestly spectacular pictures in its wake. Yeah, we had so Wednesday and Thursday. It was supposed to storm both nights, and it did. Something on uh, on Wednesday. It was like er, like early uh, early evening, late afternoon. Mm-hmm. So right on uh, Wednesday night, and then Thursday was going to be worse, at least for Mitchell. So you know, it was about this time, about four o'clock, four thirty. Like, oh, something's coming, and it was it was bad. There was certain weather events that you remember that off the top of your head, like, what's the worst weather that we've had or you've seen? And uh, I guess you would uh, put this put this uh, among them uh, because of the wind. It wasn't really not many tornadoes. Tornadoes were up north, but just in the, in the southern part of the state, the wind was, like, you know, hurricane force winds. Yeah. You know, category two Hurricane winds, and we was only at my guess. I guess at sixty here in Mitchell, and we've had a couple of days this spring where it's been you know sixty mile per hour gusts, yeah. just a normal day. <laughs> yeah, that's so, normal. Like that's yeah. really weak in this uh, whole gigantic storm system. Looking at it, so I was you know excited about it, and it was about four four fifteen. I get up from my nap, and 
it's pretty dark already. I'm like, all right, here we go. So I come downstairs, turn on the TV, and see what's going on. And it's you know coming towards Mitchell. I'm just kind of waiting for it, and it gets here, and it's you know it's it's, it's windy, it's heavy rain. It didn't last all that long. We got like a quarter of an inch, maybe a little bit more. Didn't get any hail. I was concerned about the hail. Mm-hmm. And it was just a strong thunderstorm, I think, because we were in town. We were kind of isolated from it. But then you see the videos that are out there, that the big wall of dust coming through. It looks, looks it almost looks like a movie. It's an avalanche of dust. It's, it's eerily like the Dust Bowl in the, what, the 1930s, yeah. 1940s? Yeah. Some amazing pictures and videos out there of this thing. And I was talking to my parents. And then they got it probably worse than we did. They didn't really have any damage, but they went to the basement. They usually don't do that. Mm-hmm. So they went down there, and, yeah, it just got so dark. I wish I would have seen this stuff mm-hmm. in person instead of, oh, yeah, I can see it on TV. I can see it on my computer. I didn't get to experience it. But we, we lost power for a couple hours from about 5 to 7. We haven't done had that yet. So, And that was fine. And just, yeah, just keeping track of it throughout the night. And uh, Castle with a, you know, a tornado up there and uh, Brookings and Sioux Falls. And, yeah, some bad stuff. 107 miles per hour in trip. This is uh, well south of Mitchell. That was like the big reading. Here I had a 90-mile-per-hour reading. So, yeah, so that was a memorable day. And just uh, they're just so humid right before the storm hit. There was no wind. It was just so humid. Mm-hmm. And the atmosphere was right for storms like that. So a very odd storm. To where, like, there wasn't really any tornadoes down here. It was more just the wind itself. Mm-hmm. And just the images of it, of that dust and the wind moving through was very unique. Yes, and eerie, I would have to assume. I mean, we didn't get any of that sort of deal. Like, it got dark fast, but not anything like what the, the pictures and the videos that were shown from South Dakota, not anything like that. Thursday, like so, like I said, Wednesday night, we got a storm. It was a pretty significant storm, uh, roughly like 8 p.m. It was raining, it was really windy and everything. And then, okay, you know... We're getting prepared for Thursday. And Thursday they had said, oh, there's an isolated chance of storms during the day, uh, specifically the afternoon, and you're going to get hit at night. Like, be prepared for some severe weather Thursday night. And so all of a sudden, Monday morning, uh, it's it's just after 11 a.m. We had just gotten done with a meeting at, uh, a team meeting at work. And you hear the sirens go off. I'm like, oh, well, you know what, it's time to take a... Take a look out and see what's going on. And I couldn't see anything. Like, there really wasn't much. Like, uh, the sky wasn't green. There wasn't a a tornado or tornadic activity by our house. And so, but all of a sudden, I see this alert. And it says, oh, there's golf ball-sized hail between St. Joe and St. Cloud. Well, we're right on the edge of St. Cloud, very close to St. Joe. And this storm is moving this way. So it's like, ah, crap. Two-inch hail, it's what, the size of a golf ball, I believe. And like, oh, crap, we got to prepare for that. Like, this storm was enti- came entirely out of nowhere almost because they hadn't forecasted it at all just even a couple hours ago. So we get this rain, we get some hail. We didn't get the two-inch hail uh, at our house, thank goodness. 
But you get the rain, you get the wind and everything like that. And you're like, okay, now we got to prepare for thir- for this evening. And then just to see what was going on or to hear about like South Dakota, like, oh, this is, you know, these are the pictures and whatnot. And you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty big. I hope that that doesn't hit us. And it didn't, thank goodness, but we got significant lightning and thunder and, and rain and wind. Like I had to, you know, go... You know, cover stuff up. Put you know, put some, uh, put a big chair on the sandbox so the sandbox didn't blow away, or the 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 cover. You know, no one no one needs a sandbox, of course. So, I mean, it was just crazy how all of a sudden that stuff came up right away. And apparently, and then I had read an article about that first siren, and they're like, oh, it was just for golf ball size hail and whatnot. No, actually, there was a, a, a funnel cloud kind of hovering over the the jail, right on. On Highway 10, it's like, oh, well, so there was a tornado there. It was just too far away to see. This is, yeah, it is one of the, I cannot remember a time where, because we always look at storms and, you know, the, you know, whether it's a winter storm or whatnot, oh, you're supposed to get three to six inches of snow, six to nine, 12 to 18, whatever. And it always comes in well short. And they, oh, it just went to the south or the north or it didn't. It didn't formulate the way we had forecasted it. I have never seen a, a forecast be this accurate. And then if it was off, it was off in like a you're getting stuff. You're you're not we're not forecasting it for you. And all of a sudden here's here's a storm that just sprang out of nowhere. I don't remember the last time the meteorologists were so accurate with a forecast with as much rain as we got this last week. Yeah, because Wednesday. Uh... The, the southern southern Minnesota got hit hard mm-hmm. today. The uh, market and it's a bad storm, and then was postponed after three hours, and that's wind and rain in the southern parts. And then uh, Thursday was another round, a little bit farther north and west. So it was it was bad. It was some sort of a severe thunderstorm warning. I forget whether the three letters. PDS or something, or was it like a significant, whether SWE, whatever it was, it was Sounds like a significant, significant weather event thunderstorm. Yeah, or okay, SWE, yep. I don't, know, I don't know, that's not what it was, but it was something like that. There was a three-letter acronym before the thunderstorm, a, you know, a, a big weather event coming. So it was, it was very weird to see, because that was, that's, that's a different, I guess, category of storm to where like yeah, this can be very bad so mm-hmm. and we have seen derechos i think was it last year in iowa or i think yeah it was last year or the year uh-huh. before and that was more in the middle of summer and of course that's where you know all the crops are there you know are you know growing and stuff so there's a significant hit there at least in regards to this storm this if the Crops hadn't been planted yet. They had just been planted. So the destruction there to farmers, at least in terms of the crops, was better than what it could have been had it been later in the season. Yeah, this was a couple months later. That'd be really bad with these winds, thankfully. I think a lot of farmers are done with their corn by now. Thankfully, it's, you know, barely uh, uh, above the ground. So, yeah, I mean... uh, Global warming, the the weather events are worse. Uh, you know, the dries are drier, the wets are wetter. 
Mm-hmm. The, the two b- blizzards we had a couple of years ago, back to back years of 15, 16 inches. I don't, that's the most snow I've ever seen mm-hmm. and happened around the same time, two years in a row. And I've got these, we've had a couple of pretty bad storms. It's not even Memorial day yet. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was 90 degrees that day. It was 90. It's supposed to be 70. It's 90. That's way too hot, way too early. So, uh, 2019 was very wet. We got eight inches of rain in two days. That's eight, not something that's supposed to happen. Eight inches, you said? Yeah, eight inches of 2019. Oh, okay. It was, yep. it was September 11th. It was three inches one day and then five, six inches the next day. And that's the, the tornado at Sioux Falls. And we had bad flooding in Mitchell. And that was another thing where that was anticipated the a day or two before, saying, yeah, there's going to be a bad storm coming. And there was significant flooding. So at the beginning, uh, it, it certainly get worse. Uh, really nothing that we're going to do about it. It's going to keep on getting worse mm-hmm. and worse. And uh, it's been pr- pretty dry last couple of years. Uh, but we've gotten some decent rain here this spring thus far. So that's been good. Yep. But, yeah, this is it's just more of the same uh, what we're going to be seeing, I would, end, I, I would think. Uh, War storms here throughout throughout the future. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's going to be one or the other. The extremes are going to be larger. the 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 dries are going to be drier. The droughts are going to be larger. The storms are going to be bigger. Um, we got five point six inches of rain, is what they said at the at the Saint Cloud Airport, and that's a over the course of the week. Uh, so from uh, starting like Sunday or Monday through Thursday. In those, uh, the the Sauk River is up. It's flooding. It's flooded a park near our house. Uh, the Mississippi River is up. So rivers are are definitely high. I think they had to rescue a couple of kayakers who went out on Sunday. It's like, are you guys dumb? Like or yeah. Saturday? Like what? What would possess you? Oh, the river's up. Oh, the current's rushing really fast. Let's go kayaking. Come on. Some of those people are saying, and I don't. Yeah, it's like it's like they have be a death smart. Wish. Be smart. Yeah, um, that doesn't make any sense. Now, like I said, I, I had heard only like Friday about this destruction in Brookings. Lots of trees up, uh, mm-hmm. people without power. My grandma was without power for over a day. Uh, I have a, a, a co-worker there who didn't have any internet uh, up through today even. They were still working on getting internet uh, on to him on Monday, uh, you know, Sioux Falls had plenty of destruction. Castlewood with the with the the tornado, you know, the high school getting pretty much destroyed. Uh, but they had you know derecho type winds there as well. Out of all of these communities here, what have you heard? Uh, like who got? Not that it's a contest that anyone wants to win, but what area really got hit the hardest? Maybe would it be Castlewood? Yeah, Castlewood with the tornado and the high school and their high school gym. You know, thankfully this was at the end of the school year, and mm-hmm. I doubt I know they they got you know a while to to go here until they start school in August again. So I, it won't be ready by then, I wouldn't think. So they've got some time to figure out what they want to do. Yeah, Castlewood was bad with the tornado. Uh, Salem, that's a half hour east of Mitchell. That's between Mitchell and Sioux Falls. Salem got hit pretty hard at a, a nursing home. That's basically leveled or they're going to level it Ugh. so they've had to move the residents there um it was like uh like kind of in the middle of sioux falls near augustana i had some power poles down uh a teacher died 
in Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls Lincoln, female teacher. Uh, she was the one deaf in the storm or, uh, I guess, in a, in a car. There was a tree that fell in a car and she was in it at the time. That's not good. I think but, there was a death in Watertown, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think potentially. So, yeah, it's, yeah it was yeah Sioux Falls, Salem, uh, near Watertown was bad. So, yeah, it's... You know, Drew, Drew, he grew up in Freeman, and he had some damage, some buildings that were, that collapsed, like a small barn. Had a friend uh, north of Sioux Falls. His parents had some damage to some outbuildings. So, yeah, it's, I saw Brandon, where the water tower was hit. Uh, I've seen numerous grain bins. Uh, just... Like a guy, like a guy with the size of your hands, just took the grain <laughs> bin and crunched it, something like that. So or punched it. So yeah, crazy stuff to where, like the Sioux Falls, they had the high winds, and then the uh, tornado sirens didn't sound off because there was no tornado. And the mayor's like, "Well, yeah, there was no tornado, so it didn't go off." Well, I feel like it should go off if the wind is like eighty miles an hour. Yeah, I feel like if if there's like a 75 mile per hour wind, or they didn't have you know baseball, tennis ball size hail, but if that happened, I feel like the siren should go off. Well, see, I think you the know, siren should go off if it's if it is large hail like that or a tornado. Because <laughs> then, like, what if there's like an extremely windy day that's not a derecho? Though, are you going to sound the sirens if it's perfectly sunny and there's a, a wind gust of you know 60 or 70? Like, I think there might need to be some qualifications that need to be put into place there or, or parameters i should say like should you be outside now no yeah. sound the thing it's yeah. like this is not just a normal thunderstorm not a normal uh, event and this is something that nobody's ever seen before nobody my parents are in their early 60s and my dad says yeah i've never seen it get this dark before you know at five o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. this big thing of dust just came rolling through and it just got pitch black and then the videos are amazing yeah. out there, and nobody's ever seen that. So yeah, when you when you when, when something happens that you never seen before, you should probably and people are, are without power for a few days, and all the damage that happened. Like then when when uh, they had those tornadoes in 2019, I think the sirens were didn't go off, or they went off in the wrong part of town. Yep. So this is a trend now. This is because yep. it's happened a couple of times where the sirens weren't on. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Uh, they didn't turn them on. They didn't execute them, or they were not in the right. You know, and then they 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 do these siren tests like once a month. Yes, they do. I was like, why? How can you not get this right? This is a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen that often, but when it does, it better fucking work because if it doesn't, people can die, I, and that's what happened. I mean, so. these wall this this cloud of dust and just the, this this wall cloud here coming. Through it, it, the darkness that comes with it, it's almost—it's almost like aliens are kind of coming uh, there, you know, to take over. It's—it's it's just eerie like that. You just see these awesome photos that were taken, and they do say, you know, that it is essentially qualified as a derecho uh, with those strong winds and stuff. It uh, caused damage in 28 counties on Thursday. That's what the Argus Leader has said. So I think what 28 counties have declared a state of emergency, maybe more throughout the state. But this is. Yeah, as you said, this is one of those um, weather uh, events, phenomenons that you'll never forget. I remember when I was working at the radio station in Marshall back in 2010, 
they had a, or was it 2011? 2011, we had a significant storm come through, and then I was just happening to, uh, I just happened to be there um, working on, uh, you know, some spots for my show, and um, I got to go out then and, like, take pictures of all the damage and call into the radio station and, you know, say, like, this is what's going on, this is what I'm seeing, this is where the damage or where the storm's at, that was really cool. And that doesn't even, that pales in comparison to what we experienced as a region or as a whole, or certainly what South Dakota experienced on Thursday. Because, you know, you ask about significant weather that I remember. I, I put this on the list. The, the flooding in 2019 and tornadoes in Sioux Falls that I mentioned, I put that on the list. Mm-hmm. I remember the, the, the blizzard of 1991, Halloween of 91, I remember that. Almost four years old, that'd be the first one. Uh, we had a pretty good ice storm in like 97. Yep, that was on my birthday. Storm. Birthday, that's how uh, I remember that one. Oh, yeah. There was another ice storm. I was not here at the time, 2012. In the spring of 2012 was another ice storm. That was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there, there was twice, twice growing up, we went to the basement to my grandparents' house, uh, and then one of those was pretty bad. And the big one was a tornado Tuesday. There was one in 1998 that was really bad right around this time of the year. And there was I think another one. So yeah, there, there was a you know, six, seven, eight of them that I remember that are pretty bad. And uh, this would be this would be among them. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just since, ab- since since then the weather's been perfect. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, like, believe that this, you know, that everything that's happened since then that we had this significant storm system move through. I mean, it took all the humidity out of the air, and this weekend, you know, low seventies, no wind, no humidity. The weather's perfect. Uh, it's eighty today. It's supposed to be you know, 75 to 80 up until Friday, and then Friday gets here, and then it's going to be 60. Yeah, uh, we have a wedding this week on Friday, and I'm supposed to golf on Saturday up in Ottertail. It's going to be a little chilly. A little chilly. Uh, Thunderstorms on Thursday. So another batch of thunderstorms are forecasted for Thursday, at least in the St. Cloud area, and there's the potential for severe weather. So it's it's just like it, it... Listen, I love storms, and I think that's one of the, the weird things about the Midwest people as a whole. It's not every Midwesterner, but when a big storm comes around, we want to watch it. We want to, like, go out and see what what's going on, like, just on our front porch, or at least I do. And I think a lot, I, I can't speak for you, but I, I know a lot of other people do as well. We just want to see it. It's cool. We don't, oh, we would go to the basement in a last... Uh, last second or worst case scenario here, but I think it's just something fascinating. It seems like the Midwesterner as a whole likes to watch these storms roll through, but there comes a point like with these derechos, you have to get in because of the just the destruction and the damage and the severity of the storm, but it, it's something we don't see very often, and the curiosity in the Midwesterner uh, kicks up a little bit. Yeah, you want to see stuff you haven't seen before, and you want to see the storm Roll it in, maybe from the safety of your own house. So I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I didn't see any of this because it was. If you were to, if I wasn't, and and, and Kello, because Kello's number one, 
because their weather is the best. And when they have a thing like this, mm-hmm. they're they're very good at this because they got they got the best guys, they got the best equipment, technology. Yep. We for at least four hours from four o'clock to eight o'clock on, on Thursday nights and. Five o'clock when this thing's rolling through, I turn it to KSFY. They were just having normal news. I'm like, come on, guys! Like, you can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I turn it over. I expect wall-to-wall coverage for hours at a time of this significant storm. And when I see you just interviewing some random dude for a story, it's like, no. It's like, come on. Is that Brian Allen there? Brian Allen needs to do something about that. Then one of them, and it's you know, and and KSFY, and they're on. KDLT and they're on yeah. the Fox or all three of them now and they have a lot of news are on from four to seven every night and they're on from nine 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 thirty to ten thirty or so so they're on a lot mm-hmm. so that's nice but you got to do a better job when it comes to something like this like you just can't have a scroll and there's been a couple times where they've been on the air where Kello hasn't but when it's something like this um you need to do a better job. It's a f- and Hartford. Hart, I mean, uh, the Hartford uh, coffee cup truck stop. Yes. They had windows blown out. Oh wow! Uh, windows blown out of their uh, campers. Uh, you know, motorhomes. Their windows were blown out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were just semis, trailers in the parking lot that had blown over because yeah. of the wind. There was a FedEx truck that had two trailers behind it, and then the second one had tipped over. Yeah. I mean, there were over a dozen semis tipped over on the interstate between Mitchell and Huron. I think so, it, yeah, you, you have to cover that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. This is a major phenomenon. This is not a normal spring thunderstorm or a summer thunderstorm. This is a major weather event. I think Candy Yohai County, which is, uh, I don't know if you know where Wilmer is at, and it's about well, an yeah. hour uh, northeast of Marshall, east-northeast. And so they're in Candy Yohai County, County, and I think I read that some like two trains had got like had some of their cars tipped over because that's how strong some of these winds were. I can imagine what that would be like in South Dakota. Like I'm guessing, very few trains like if they were on the tracks that not all of the cars or not all of the engines stayed on. Like this is uh, significant. I would hope Kello gets the proper uh dap that uh in, in the kudos that you that you at least provided there from a, a lot of other people because the storm coverage or coverage during this is not only a important for your safety but b it's just in terms of documenting and, and looking at all the things you can look at all these various stories and angles from all sorts of and being on there, you know, consistently. Sorry, you can't watch Young Sheldon tonight. Oh darn! Whatever's going to happen. Um, this is significant news. So kudos to Kello for staying on there, and I hope they get the proper um, attention that they do that they deserve if their coverage was indeed good. And there are sky cams. You could see it rolling through Sioux Falls, the storm and the dust, and. We lost them for a little bit because we didn't have electricity, but we watched it on YouTube TV on our phones. Mm-hmm. And there was like a, a transformer or something blew up. You saw this big blue flash in the edge of the screen. And that was power going out. Something, something blew up. So you had to see that in real time. And it was very good because when something like that happens, that's what you're going to do. You're going to turn on the TV and watch mm-hmm. when you can. So I know I do it when a hurricane hits. 
and I'm watching the Weather Channel. I, I mean, I'm not impacted by what's going on in Louisiana you know, directly. You know, I'm not impacted by that weather there that's hitting the Alabama coast or Florida or anything like that. But I want to see the pictures. I want to see the images of these roofs getting torn off. I want to see this torrential rain and the wind and stuff. That's what I want to see. I, I mean, that's that's riveting television to me. Yeah, it would be. Uh, it's it's impressive stuff. Dangerous stuff, scary stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's something something we'll remember for a while. Yes, it was apparently some cemeteries in Brookings were disturbed by the storm wow. on Thursday. That's not good. Um, uh, the softball, uh, the Summit League softball championship was in Brookings, and it mm-hmm. it was. You know they were impacted by weather both Wednesday and Thursday, and then after the storms hit, they you know they between the loss of power. I don't think the field suffered too much damage there, from what I the little bit that I saw. But they moved it every the they moved the championship down to Vermilion, uh, which is good. And the Jackrabbits, you know, it sucked because I think this was a, a really good chance to showcase their stadium and you know the support and everything that they. Are getting you know, just how good of a team they are, but they were able to battle through and and win the Summit League championship. So they will face Michigan starting here at the regionals this Friday. I think SDSU's got a fairly decent chance of of winning. And just to think where softball has come from when you and I were there, softball was not good. They just weren't. And what they have done over the last few years is something truly remarkable. So I'm glad that despite the the championship getting moved from Brookings down to Vermilion, that SDSU was still able to win, and hopefully they'll be able to host uh, host the, the tournament again here, the championship again here in a, in a, a couple of years. Yeah, they uh, yeah they, they were bad when they were there. They were not good. And now these last years, they have been by far the best, best uh, team in the summer league. So that was a big turnaround for mm-hmm. them. And you, and you look at it, and it's kind of watching the selection show, and it was the last pod to be announced, and they're in there with the 16 seed in Central Florida. So you kind of do the math there, and it's kind of like, all right, UCF is a four seed, SDSU is basically a 12 seed. Taking on Michigan, who would be a five seed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like you know a four thirteen five twelve matchup, and yeah, I mean, I'd say this is a pretty good as far as getting out of this thing to get to the super regional. I feel like not likely, but you have as much of a chance as you do in any other region. So yeah. I feel like you know if you, if you lose that first game, you'll probably play Villanova in the next game. You feel like you could beat them. And, you know, if you, could, you got to play Michigan again, you feel like you might get two cracks at them. So, yeah, you feel like you could maybe win win a couple games here. It's so, not- I guess uh, yeah, Central Florida is ranked 17th in the last yep. poll, and Michigan is number 23, yep. or whatever that's worth. So, yeah, you, know, you got to win a few games here. That, that'd be nice. It's doable. It's not likely, but it is doable. And as you said, like, this is the best chance that they have had – or that you could have, uh-huh. arguably, in years, uh, or you know, or just given the given the field, and yeah, Central Florida is is ranked 16th here, and and, and SDSU for whatever it's worth, what are they 41 and 11 this year? I mean, and some of their uh-huh. losses, you look at it, were 
early on in the season. They lost once to Omaha in conference play, but they have just absolutely crushed it. And they lost to like Santa Barbara, who's a ranked team. They're really good. Uh, Creighton, they lost to a couple of times. So it's not like they lost to bad competition. This is a really good team. Uh, they hit the ball really well. Um, yeah, you lose to Drake and Iowa State, so be it. But I mean, you know, to beat the, the likes of like Oregon State and, and yeah, just losing to the various teams that they did. I mean, it's not it's not bad at all. This is a very good team. Yeah, Oregon State there in the tournament, I believe. And I'm, I'm sorry, I stand corrected. They beat Santa Barbara twice. The losses came to Wichita State and Nebraska. So uh-huh. I uh, I stand corrected. I apologize. There, uh, they beat um, they beat uh, Santa Barbara, and Santa Barbara is really good. Uh, Nebraska also really good. They were the number two seed. They were. I think they Nebraska won the Big Ten. I think they beat Michigan. I think. And Northwestern's really good, too, if I recall. Yeah. They're, they're highly seeded. Yeah. Northwestern was a one seed. Nebraska was the two seed. They were 40 and 14, and uh, they beat Nebraska once. So, yeah, they, they beat the Big Ten champ in Nebraska. Uh, they beat them 16 to 4 in six innings. That's very impressive. And another game they lost, uh, six to three. they beat them 6 to 2. So they beat Nebraska two out of three. This season, they beat the Big Ten champ. I mean, imagine that. Imagine any sport where SDSU beats the Big Ten champion two out of three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they got a couple pitchers. The, the pitcher of the year in the Summer League was Grace Glanzer. But I believe that the sophomore, Tori Kanishi, is better. So I don't know how if Glanzer had better numbers in the conference. But Kanishi, 1.42 ERA. She struck out 16 in the championship game. She's had a couple no-hitters this year, one of them seven innings, one of them five. Uh, she had 20, what, 20 strikeouts against, I think it was North Dakota State a couple weeks ago. Um, you need 21 outs to win a softball game. She struck out 20 batters. That's so pretty good. It's only been done a few times, like a dozen times. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you got two pitchers like that, you've, you've got a shot. So, yeah, this, I mean – the, the one's only a sophomore. They got uh, Rosalind Carrillo. She hit 11 home runs this year, hit 388. They got uh, Kylie Helverson, hit 17 home runs. They hit 75 home runs this year. Unbelievable turnaround from where they were just yeah. a few years ago. Well, and as you just said, that, that Kanishi, she's a sophomore. I mean, that's you got a couple more years with her. Uh, hopefully, which is really good. Uh, baseball kind of struggling. They're twenty-one and nineteen. They may do something. I mean, they're always, I think, in consideration. Last year was bad. That they, you know they're kind of retooling and regrouping stuff. But softball right now has everyone's attention, and rightfully so. So hopefully, good luck to the women this week as they, they go through what appears to be a chance. Uh, can you imagine if they can get through to the? Um, to the super regional. to the super regional, yeah. If they can just advance, that would be awesome. Again, just given where this program has been, that would be like volleyball here in the next three years, like having uh-huh. a, a chance to make it to the regional. And the volleyball is getting better, so that's uh-huh. um, finally, you know, that's that's good to see. Yeah, it's some of those non-revenue sports doing well 
for whatever reason, they could play baseball there uh, this weekend. They couldn't play softball. Or that's, you know, you power issues, uh, trying to get the games in. They wanted to make sure they could get six, seven games in in two days. So they had to get four games in on Saturday, a couple more on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I guess they just, uh, I thought maybe they moved to Sioux Falls, but they moved to two Vermillion, which I guess is fine. So it didn't matter where it was played at. Uh, two best teams were there at the end, and yes, yeah, UCU's pitching is really, and and they're I mean their their offense is, is great too. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what they do. Yeah. Friday Friday afternoon at two thirty they play Michigan. All so. right. Well, good luck to the Jacks, and uh, yeah, hopefully they have some success, and we'll we'll talk about that next week. Um, let's just so we talked weather, the, the, then how that impacted the Jackrabbits, and uh, you know, Brophy's whining in the background. If you can hear. How him, are you? Talk. How are you, Mister Dog? How are you, Brophy? Very excited. Travis Very excited. Action, how are you doing? Oh, he's wagging his tail at you. So there you go. I don't give a goddamn or two shits. I he he's he wagged his tail. So there you go. Thank you. Very Uh, excited. (laughs) Uh, Other uh, significant news, non-sports related though, comes from uh, Buffalo on Saturday, where a gunman killed ten people at a supermarket. Uh, I think thirteen were total were injured. Eleven of the thirteen were black or African American. Um, this, there was a manifesto online. This, it's an 18 year old kid. He drove up, um, and it's a lot of hate speeches there. This is driven from conspiracy theories. Uh, I know this is not something we normally touch on. We, that we want to, cause it gets people all riled up, but that seems to be you're riled up if you think that someone's attacking your side and it's like, it's pretty hard to, um, I don't know, defend this? I don't think you can. Uh, certainly, this uh, looks like a part from like Tucker Carlson on Fox News and whatnot. A very, very sad situation. Another mass shooting. Um, you know, but now it, it just it feels like, and th- I could be totally wrong here and how, and how this will play out, but it feels like this has gotten a few more people fired up with the rhetoric, it feels like there's more uh, like pointing the fingers at the the same entity or the same type of people or person. So I wonder if anything will change or will, will come about from this. I doubt it, but it just feels like given the manifesto that's online, the the conspiracy theories that this that this teenager bought into. This hate speech that's out there, it feels as though that it's going to be very hard to defend anything. And, you know, now is the time for certain people to start distancing themselves and changing for the better. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either, but I'm, I'm hopeful. Well, and more guns. Um, obviously, the, the problem here is the guns. Um, but the people that don't want to say it's the guns will say it's a mental health thing. Well, you know, if you just take the, the guns away from the people that shouldn't have them, then this won't happen. Like it's a very, what is killing these people? It's the guns. It's the guns. And if this person doesn't have a gun, they're not going to kill people or as many people. So yeah, it's just another one. And just going to care. There was a, there was a bunch of them this week. There was one, because we heard more about them because this one happened there was a bunch of other ones there was 
numerous other ones. There's a church in Cal- in California that had a yeah. had a shooting. And you just kind of think about that sometimes when you're in a public place. You're like, oh, I wonder if there's. I wonder, I wonder if somebody came in and rushed me with a gun right now. Where would I go? What would I do? I think about that sometimes. Around in public, like, mm-hmm. if somebody did that, where would I go to try not to die? So, yeah, it just it doesn't happen anywhere else. I mean, other civilized country happens here. So we're it's very very pro life until it comes to the guns, and oh, then yeah. it's like we'll take the guns over your life. Like that's how it comes. Yeah, pro life and, and abortion's a big deal right now. And yep. the pro life, except when it comes to everything else. So yeah, yeah, very odd, very sad. Another one that will yeah, you add it to the list. I mean, like, uh, when, when Sandy Hook happened ten years ago, and a bunch of you know. Six, seven, eight-year-old kids got shot. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was the one where, like, if we didn't do anything after that, we're not going to. Yeah, you know. So thank a bunch goodness, of young eight-year-old kids get shot. Twenty thank, of them. Thank goodness, though, that that Alex Jones from Infowars is finally getting taken to the cleaner. So there's something that uh, uh, a very minor silver lining here, but at least it's that. And a lot of it, I put the blame on Fox News and what they put out there every day. Yep. And, you know, the first big one was Columbine in 1999. Mm-hmm. And really, we were in early early days, mass shootings before that. And that was the one of the you know, first ones, more, more famous ones. And you think about that time, and you think about what happened to this kid and how he kind of got radicalized online. And I think it's it goes back to the Internet, to where you can look up anything and read about anything you want, any point of view, and that's, it seems like a good thing, but it's not. We've had, you know, 20 years of the internet and but people look at stuff online that's just ridiculous and they can't, they think it's real, but you know, they, they can't, they don't understand that it's not and they just get crazy. So I think the internet and the mass sharing of crazy ideas is mm-hmm. a big part of this and that's absolutely it is. not going away so nope, i agree but and this is also oh the, i mean th- this is why it doesn't like twitter try and take a stand on some of the disinformation or the hate speech that's out there but oh yeah elon musk wants to bring back certain people that uh that uh use that sort of language time and time again yeah that because that's that's good for us. No, it's not. It's not like you're not trying to to quell a voice, but you're trying to stop the hate. You're trying to stop the misinformation that's going out there. That's what you're trying to do, because otherwise you end up like this 18 year old who, quite frankly, should face the death penalty. And it shouldn't even be um, remotely uh, something to argue against. Like, just just do it. Like it. There, I was hoping he would have got you know killed in in the uh, in the deal, but he didn't. I was like, well, they gotta go through the old rigmarole. He went peacefully, kind of but George Floyd can get injured. I'm not trying to bring up that oh, whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I saw know. that take on Twitter too, and it's it's an interesting point. Like you have all of these uh, these mass the shootings that don't oh. get shots. These black people that don't do anything die in the land of in the hands of law enforcement. Uh, Somebody else goes to shoot and kill a dozen people, and they somehow make it out alive. Like yeah. how? And and it, it 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 was an attack on black people. Like that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's the hate crime. That's a, it, it's just the the double standard. And hopefully, hopefully, 
and again, I'm I'm saying hopefully. I don't know if that's gonna ha if this is gonna happen or not. But this may wake people up. I don't know. But as you said, if if Sandy Hook wasn't going to do anything, I don't. Nothing will. I know. Just, what does it say? You can go somewhere. You can go to a grocery store, a movie theater, wherever. You can go and just open fire on a group of people. Yeah. And you you can make it out alive. Police yeah. and SWAT teams and whoever the hell responds to these types of things. They come there. They find a person. Person gives themselves up or whatever. Like if anybody would put a bullet in this guy's head, what? Nothing's gonna happen. Like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna shoot him and be, and be done with it. You could probably be like, declared a hero. Yes. How they make it alive? How I could go somewhere and shoot shoot a dozen people and kill them, and then somehow I gotta go to trial and we got like, come on, come the fuck. And then and, and the free speech deal is, you just can't say anything you want. Because a lot of these people Without say shit, and it's not true. And you and I, you and I can obviously, oh yeah, this, this is horseshit. But there's a lot of people out there that can't, and they believe this stuff. Mm-hmm. That's very dangerous. Yeah. So it's not you can't have a free for all of. You can say anything you want. If something is can be proved inaccurate, it should be deleted and and getting rid of. And the person who said it, like, oh, if you do that again, you're done. Like you can't. And that's and that's kind of what. The best we're in right now. So, yeah, it, well said. Well and, and, said. And, and it's not going to change. Nope. Well, yeah, and yeah. Um, I and Elon Musk is. I don't believe he will buy it. I I think he's full of shit. Yeah, I think he is too. He's seen that Tesla stock drop, and he's like, oh, maybe this is a bad idea. You know, fifty million dollars for Twitter, like, yeah, I'll believe it when it happens. Right now, I don't believe it will happen. So maybe it will. But I don't. I think he's full of shit. And it's like you know, imagine being worth you know two hundred million dollars, like him or Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. And like, what, like, what would we do with that money? You know, it's like you know, I, I heard, I saw, if this is accurate, like you could end world hunger for fifty billion dollars. I feel like that'd be a good cause. Like, all right, what can I do to get food to the outreaches of the world that don't have food? That cost me fifty billion. Oh yeah, here you go. I'm worth two hundred billion. Here's fifty billion. Uh, figure out how to get food to everybody. It's like instead we're going to space and we're buying Twitter and we're doing all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be a better, better, a better, better use distribution of, of our resources. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get on to let's talk some sports here. Um, I have to think, I think we know where the blame goes here, but the Phoenix Suns absolutely were no-shows in Game 7 against the Dallas Mavericks, and I think we can blame their 4-3 series loss to the Mavericks in the Western Conference, um, or in the second round of the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference. I think we can blame it on the fact that they didn't wear their purple jerseys. Like, you just, you you have to do it. They ask him for trouble. You wear the stupid the valley. You wear it. It's like they're alternate jerseys. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. And you know, th- this was their shot to win an NBA title these past two years. And they had some injuries, and they didn't exactly impress versus New Orleans. And all right, they they, they beat Dallas. They go up two nothing. All right, we're gonna get Suns Warriors. 
and they go up 2 nothing. They beat Dallas 11 times in a row. You figure, all right, this would be a six-game series at best, mm-hmm. at worst. And Dallas wins 4-5 to five and just kicks the ever-living shit out of them last night. Like, why even watch the second half? I mean, Dallas is up by 30. There's yeah. no way Phoenix is coming back. The Game 7s in the NHL were far better. The five, yes. the five of them were far, far better uh, than the two Game 7s we had in the NBA. The NHL playoffs far better than the NBA playoffs thus far. Like, the NBA playoffs, I'm sorry, Memphis-Minnesota was the best series in that first round there, and it's not even uh, really close. And after that, it's just been like, who cares anymore? It's just, Bucks-Celtics, I guess, was good for the back and forth. But, you know, even, you know, Boston wins by 28 in Game 7. I mean, just... And, you know, we had two overtime games on Sunday in the NHL. There's nothing better in sports than Game 7 overtime hockey because it is truly the next goal wins. You're, you win, you move on. You lose, you're out. And, you know, like, you know, the Memphis... Uh, Golden State series, that wasn't all that great. I mean, Memphis won by 50, or they were up by 55, 59 points without John Morant in Game 5. I mean, come on. Like, what What are we doing here in the NBA? Like, it's just garbage. You know, the, the, the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers, that wasn't entertaining. The 76ers sucked. They were no-shows the final two games. Like, come on. What are we doing here? I mean, like 40, 50-point margins. Like, how does that happen? In playoff games, and I watched the first half of this game, which is the most I've watched of any game all year. And I'm like, wow, this, once they got to about 20, I'm like, wow, they're in big trouble here because they're not hitting anything. So, we'll see what they do against Golden State. But yeah, Luka Doncic, this is a big series for him because he needs some, some playoff success to uh, get his. Get validated. He's an outstanding player, and I prefer him much more than Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Trey Young, get, you know, goes on a run last year, and this year they really don't even make the playoffs for the most parts. And you know, like yeah, Luka Doncic, I feel like is going to be like a top ten all time player yeah. and multiple time MVP. And we'll see if he gets. I think it, it, it's just so difficult. I was thinking about this last night. It's so difficult to win a title. It seems easy. And like, oh, LeBron won his, and Golden State won three out of four, and they were expected to win, and it's so easy to win a title. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is, but I feel like it's just so tough to win a championship sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Because you look at Golden State, they won three out of four, and they might win it this year. Uh, and one of those was uh, they played Houston like they were down 3-2 to Houston, and then Chris Paul got hurt in one of those series. And they came back to win that one very easily. Could not have won that. Mm-hmm. So that's, well, you know, and then Le- the LeBron has won three, three of them. Yeah, the Thunder were up 3-1 on the Warriors one year with Kevin Durant, yes. and they lost that. And then that's when the then the then Durant joined the Warriors in the offseason. So, I mean, that, I mean, it's not a given. It's very difficult to win. LeBron has four of them. One of them was in a bubble. The second one was in a lockout shortened year. Uh, one of them had the Ray Allen shot against the Spurs. If he doesn't make that, they don't win. And another one was against the 73-win Golden State team that went to seven. So LeBron could easily have, like, one or two instead of four. So it's very hard to win one of these things. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Boston-Milwaukee was, was 
was pretty good. Um, I'm more interested in Boston than I am Miami. So I, I, you know, I think the you know Golden State Boston would be the more preferred series. Yep. Interest wise, I mean they got some stars. Um, Jason Tatum's becoming a star, a top ten guy. So you know you can't rule out Brooklyn. They got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They should uh, they might win it all here. We'll see. I I think whatever final series we get, you know, whether, you know, because, again, it's it's Dallas and Golden State, it's Boston and Miami. I think whatever series we get, it's going to be okay for the NBA. It's going to be good. They're going to get some good numbers because you have stars, you have personalities on all these teams. I mean, Jason Tatum is just fantastic. If there's not an MVP coming up in his future, I I, I don't know. If he's, he's fantastic. Uh, I mean, Luka Doncic carrying the Mavericks to their series win. Um, I just think, you know, regardless of what happens, regardless of what we get, and I, I too, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Boston against Golden State. I feel like that's the, the matchup we're destined to see. But whatever happens, the NBA is going to be okay. Uh, the people are going to watch because it's, you got star power, you got some good teams, you got good markets, uh, whatever happens. Yeah, you got, you got some stars there. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm like, I don't know, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Golden State, Dallas, should be entertaining. How much of the Game 7s did you watch in the NHL over the weekend? Oh, I didn't watch any of them. I watched, I had Pittsburgh and the Rangers on early, so it was one nothing. Like, oh, that's bad. I saw it was like 3-2, to two, and then that was it. So, you know, but again, it's crazy, it's a crazy first round. Yeah. And I guess in, in the basketball, like if we get fucking Miami and Dallas again, <laughs> Dallas has been there twice. It's both been against Miami. Yep. And it's very probably. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's possible to get that again. But on the hockey side, what you got? Edmonton and Calgary. Yep, the Battle of Alberta. Um, so I mean, yeah, I wish uh, Pittsburgh would have done it, but they didn't. Yep. So. You got Col- I mean, Carolina, Carolina, and New York doesn't do a goddamn thing for me. Oh, the Carolina Hurricanes, though, that is a fun team to watch. They are very fast. I think that's going to be a very good series with the Rangers. Who's Florida play? Tampa. Florida, Tampa. So you have the give Battle me, of Alberta. Uh, you, you have the Battle of Alberta in the West. You have the Battle of Florida in the in the East. Uh, and the and the Toronto Maple Leafs have lost again. Ten consecutive losses now, I believe, when they have a chance to clinch a series. I mean, the, the, like, you knew. I don't know if you saw this, like, after game six. So Tampa wins it in overtime in game six against, uh, against Toronto. And Toronto had this big old outdoor viewing party and whatnot. And the looks and the, the deflation on all of those fans' faces was just like, oh crap, here we go again. Toronto once again is going to lose this series, and sure enough, they lose 2-1 to one at home in Game 7. They can't get out of their own way. It's just, and someone I think said, only in the summer, or only in Canada, do the leaves fall in the summer. I mean, it's just, it's an incredible line there. So, I was glad to see the Oilers' Connor McDavid step up big. He had a fantastic goal uh, in that game against the Kings to, to close it out. Um, they won 2-0. They win the series 4-3. The Hurricanes, like I said, they look good. 
Yeah, the Rangers with an epic uh, 3-1 series comeback uh, against Pittsburgh. It helped that Sidney Crosby didn't play in Game 6 for concussion or whatever. And then this Stars-Flames game went deep into the night. Like It, it ended shortly before midnight. I watched it because it's a Game 7. It went to overtime again. Game seven playoff hockey. It's nothing. There's nothing better in sports. And this goalie, this Jake Ottenberger for Dallas, he made 64 saves in the game. He st- he missed three. They ended up losing three to two. But he made 64 saves in the game, and this is incredible. It's one of the best goalie performances we've ever seen in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Unreal. Uh, that's crazy for that guy. I'm gonna say it's Colorado Tampa Bay. I don't see any re- like it seems- I don't see St. Louis beating Colorado. You got Edmonton, Colorado. Colorado's been the best. So, I mean, it doesn't always work out that way, especially in hockey. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't see the Rangers getting there. I feel like, you know, Tampa Bay, Florida winner, who knows? Yeah, it's, re- it's ridiculous <sighs> to pick against Tampa Bay. I'm going to stick with Florida, but the team I think that – Arguably, is going to get in there right now, playing the best. Carolina, I think Carolina's got a real good chance to play. I, I too will go with Colorado. And by the way, Minnesota Wild, complete no shows. The frustration, the curse of Minnesota sports just continues. It's horrific. It's so damn frustrating. Just like I don't pay much attention to them, but I'm not surprised they lost. I didn't expect them to win. Yeah, I didn't either. Not when they lost games. Well, this five, is what is this? Is this the best team they've had? This is their like yes. best season wins yes. and points and all that. Like, is this the best? Yes. This is the best team they've had. Yes. And like we said, with with the formatting and the seeding, it should be Colorado. Uh, you know, St. Louis should be there. Minnesota should be there. And what? Edmonton, Edmonton or Calgary? Yep. Who's better from yep. those two? Yep, it, it's an embarrassment for the NHL that this series happened. And yeah, you just you knew it. Like the the blue are the wild or the wild or the, yeah the blue are the wild's kryptonite. So it's not surprising at all. It's just frustrating because yeah, the two should not play four in the first round. And that's if you were to look at the points in the conference, that's what it equated out to. The Wild were the second best. The, the Blues were the fourth best. It just shouldn't happen. Shouldn't happen. Like, have you seen? Have you seen this list online? I think it's updated now of all the Minnesota sports stuff. <laughs> yeah, that has happened in thirty years since the Twins won. <laughs> yep. And like a lot of that, maybe I can find it here. This, you know, see, like, like the Timberwolves have never been relevant. Oh, they so can't. Like, like, like anything the Timberwolves have ever done. Well, they had the one year. The they had KG the one year, Spiegel, but even then, Cassell, and they ran into the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah, like, I, mean, I mean, they get to the Conference Sacramento. Finals. They, they beat Sacramento in a Game Seven. Yeah, they lose to the Lakers in six. And like, oh, they weren't expected to beat the Lakers, so. right? Because the Lakers the had Timber, traveling the, the Shaq and Kobe. Like, how are you going to beat them? You're not. So, since I guess this, I guess since the Twins last won a playoff game. Minnesota teams are thirty-one and eighty-one in the playoffs. Yes, yeah, the three eighty, yeah, three eighty-one winning percentage or something like that. It's two seventy-seven. Two seventy-seven. Oh God, yeah, it's bad. Oh yeah, thirty. Yeah, the, the, yep. the, the, the Twins leading the pack, of course, with an zero and eighteen record, which is impossible. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings at four and seven. Respectable. They're actually, the best of the bunch. Yeah, respectable. Timberwolves are three and eight, and the Wilder twenty-four and forty-eight. Oh, I mean, like the Timberwolves, there's no expectations there. 
Uh, the Twins had like a couple of chances, or oh, they should at least win a game here. Uh, the Wild, have they ever been favored in this stretch? I mean, they made the conference finals. That was, what, 2003? Yep. Like, have they ever been favored in the past 20 years in any of these series they've had? Uh, they, they were favored the playoffs in, quite often. They were favored in this series, but it was very, very close. And I feel like they were favored against the Ducks in the Western Conference Finals that year when they went up against J.S. Chaguer, and he gave up one goal the entire series. One freaking goal. It is embarrassing. But then you talk, I mean, the Vikings since 04. Obviously, 09 springs to mind where, you know, I mean, they lost to the Saints. It was disappointing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they should have won that game. Yep. And other than that, you know, they haven't really been favorites, I guess. You know, the, the Saints game. Like, the Vikings usually, a lot of the times, more times than not, they pull off an upset in the playoffs. They beat the Packers. They beat the Saints. You know, they'll, they'll pull off an upset, and then they'll lose the second game. And they lay a dud. So, it's it's just a dud of a game. So then, like, you know, a lot of these with the Yankees and all this, like, it's not good. No. But, it, but it's not it's not terrible because they're not really favored. Like, the Twins were never a World Series favorite. The Wild weren't even favored to win a series. Timberwolves are irrelevant. Vikings... You know, Blair Walsh misses the field goal against Seattle. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you do that, you, I think they would have played Arizona the next week. Yep. You know, a winnable game, but they probably don't beat Arizona. So, I don't know, it's... You look at 98, 98 sucks. Yep. Oh nine. sucks. You look at, you know, 2006 stands out for the Twins because they had the MVP and the Cy Young. Yep. But then they had injuries in that series against Oakland and they got swept so and yeah and you look at you know drafting Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn oh. you know, oh. and then and Steph Curry's right there Just, they, missed that. They, they passed on him not once but twice that's the worst part in all of that is not who they drafted but who they passed up not once but twice so there's a lot of a lot of things here it's, it's not good and it's you know there's no other fan base that has had it worse, in my opinion. No, I, I full, wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. But I feel like it could be worse. They could be favored to win and not win. It it could. Uh, it just you, you just are always ready for the that Minnesota Vikings team to collapse and break. Like it's just, or they're not just the Minnesota sports team. You're, you're always prepared for them to disappoint. Oh, yeah. They never exceed expectation. It very rarely do they. And, and, and with the Twins here, you know, I think we'll have a good summer baseball. We'll win the division. I think they'll win like 90 games. They should have a good year. But then once the playoffs come, I don't expect them to win a game. Mm-hmm. Even if they're the three seed playing a six seed, like I don't have any expectations of them winning a playoff game, and then someday they will. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, my God, we won a playoff game. Let's win a couple more so we can advance to the next round here. So, you know, you're just kind of resigned to the fact. We'll have a good regular season. We'll get the playoffs. And it'll be over about 72 hours later. Yep. And speaking of the Twins, talk some baseball here. They get swept by the Astros. I think a lot of people 
you know, kind of, oh, the sky is falling, they get swept by the Astros. It's okay, folks. It wasn't a good series. Pitching wasn't great. Offense wasn't great, but Correa didn't play. They had a bunch of injuries and stuff, so it's not a huge deal. They take two out of three from the in, uh, from the Guardians. They'll be okay. The pitching has come back down to earth, especially like Dylan Bundy and um, Archer and stuff. It's not great, but the pitching will be okay. Uh, they just need to get things stabilized. Hopefully they can uh, get some wins this week against Oakland. But uh, what was your biggest takeaway from last week of Twins baseball? If I had to change, though, Toronto's not doing as nearly as good as I thought they yeah, were. Yeah, what the hell is going on with Toronto? I don't they're, they're, you know. I look at them, I see their offense. That's not working out. They're pitching not quite as good. Uh, so if I had to change, I'll stay with Milwaukee in the National League because I'm, I'm just not picking the Dodgers. Um, so I'm not. So I'll just stick with Milwaukee. But if I'm picking a team in the American League, it's the Astros. Yeah. It feels like they've been good for a long time now, mm-hmm. and uh, the Yankees are tearing it up. Yep. But I look at Houston, I'm like, yeah, they're always there. And Justin Verlander has been as good as he's ever been. Which yeah. is, I mean, he's 39 years old, didn't pitch for a year and a half, and he's been – he's probably your side young guy in the American League right now. I'm on mm-hmm. So on, on the twin, yeah, the twin side – yeah, the ups and downs of the season, it's like, taking a look at the long picture, they win two or three from Cleveland. They're leading the division. They're up by three. It's a long season. Um, Astros are very good. I mean, they, they do good against the bad teams. They don't play very well against the good teams. So mm-hmm. they can they can still win the division with that formula. They're 20-15. and 15. Uh, Bucks in the home run, a couple home runs this weekend. A lot of people, I guess, some people I know are frustrated with how they sit Buxton sometimes. And like, he's, he's a little banged up right now. He's got a, apparently a bad knee. Oh, what a shot. Like, this is, yeah, like, this is what you're going to get, though. It's amazing he hasn't fucking missed half the games already. Like, they're going to bring him along here. They're not going to play him three, four days in a row. They're not going to play him in a day game after a night game. Mm-hmm. The goal, if he, if he could play 120 games, I would be stunned. It would be amazing. There's been two close calls already. He's banged up at the moment. He's shown he keeps on playing, and he does well. He's, he's their best player, obviously. He fucking ran into the wall the other day. Was it Sunday? Or maybe he just fucking crashed in the goddamn bullpen <laughs> wall. He was fine. But it's one of those things, like, don't do that, please. Mm-hmm. And he already has 11 home runs. So I'm fine with him, like, playing four or five times a week. Like, it's they're not going to play him fucking 15 days in a row here. So people are upset about that. I understand it, but it's the way it's going to be with him because he, he, he's not very durable. Right. So, yeah, he's very brittle. And again, yeah, brittle to say the least. And again, the offense we talked about last week. Still against Cleveland, they didn't do much. They had the 12 runs in the one game. Uh-huh. And they proceeded to score two runs the next game and three runs. Sunday, Urshela gets a home run. Bucks and gets a home run. That's your offense. A couple solo home runs. So, yeah, offense still not impressive. Hopefully yeah, Correa is back sometime this week. Yeah, just when you think they turn the corner offensively, then they revert back. It's just it, – um, it, it's more just – uh, you know, look at these offensive breakthroughs as more just a random one gamer. Like it's not going to be a persistent 
or a consistent uh, streak of, oh, we're getting seven, eight runs a game, we're getting ten hits. No, no, that's not the case with this team. Royce Lewis has been very good. Um, he your hitter of the have, No, no, they, they've got to keep him up because he's done so well. You can't send him down. Right. But where do you, I don't know where you play him at, outfield. He's only played like a couple games in the outfield. So you got to keep him up, and I like, you know, I like when big-time prospects come up and perform mm-hmm. well. So I like that. So, yeah, I think they're fine. they got Oakland. Oakland offense is the worst in baseball. So, you know, you always want to win two out of three. I'd like to sweep Oakland. Yep. Um, and, again, this this next stretch, they need to – I look at these next 18 games. I feel like they need to go 12-6. and six. They have three in Oakland – they play Kansas City seven times. They play Detroit eight times. Mm-hmm. You have to win two out of every three of those. Yep. You have, I mean, Detroit and Kansas City are last place teams. Then it gets a little harder. You go to Toronto, New York, Tampa, Seattle. So it picks up a little bit. Yep. Beginning of June. These next 18 games, you have to go 12 and 6. And, and that would put you at. Th- yep. And then I was just going to say, it softens back up a little bit. You have Arizona, Cleveland, Colorado, Cleveland again uh, after that. Yep, so it it does get a little better, but you're right. Absolutely needs to – they need to capitalize on this stretch here. Um, That that would put them at 32-21. and I think that would be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, the Blue Jays blow a couple of leads to the Yankees, that, especially in the ninth. Like, come on. you got to be better than that. Your bullpen's got to do something. Toronto, very disappointing. And the rarity that we saw on Sunday in Pittsburgh with the Pirates winning one to nothing over the Cincinnati Reds. They win a game without getting a hit at all. What, it's the only the fifth time ever in baseball history that that's happened? Fifth or sixth time? Incredible. Uh, it's only because it was against the Reds. Like you can't, So many walks. It's just what an absolutely insane game. Yeah, you know, once you get to that sixth inning, you're like, all right, you know, got a no-hitter coming up. And, yeah, they won without a hit. Like, well, what a bunch of crap. Two terrible teams. Great, great way for that game to end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I shouldn't say an insane game. It was just a, an insane Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it. happened six times ever. You don't get a hit and you win. That doesn't happen. So I mean, it was, I mean, we've had two no-hitters already. And... They could have gotten a run. We probably would have gotten a third. So mm-hmm. six walks by the Reds, and that's not even that many walks. In all honesty, it, it really isn't. You know, six walks per game. Yeah, that's you know less than one in any. You obviously want less than that, but I mean, for it to for you to score a run without getting a hit, you need just that one inning where things go awry, and that's what happened here. What two, three walks in the inning alone, and. Uh, then you get the fielder's choice in there. Let, let, let's pull up here. What did uh, what did they do? Yep. Uh, ground out to first, and then three straight walks. So, yeah, half the walks came in the bottom of the eighth, and then a, a, a fielder's choice to second. So, th- there you go. It just half of – you had six walks in the game, half in one inning, and that's how you, get, you give up a run, and that's how you lose the game. So, um, incredible stuff there. Incredible. Uh, do you have a hitter and pitcher of the week? Who was my hitter last week? Uh, Santiago Espanol from Toronto. 
Oh, good, good. Uh, hitters have been hard to come by for me. Um, Cardinals called up a guy a couple weeks ago, Juan Yepes. Juan Yepes is our uh, hitter this week. Y E P E Z. Yepes. And uh, he's gotten off to a good start for, uh, for St. Louis. I almost had that spelled correctly before you uh, gave <laughs> me the spelling. I had it with an S instead of a Z. So Yepes, he's 24 from Venezuela, hitting. Uh, 366 in nearly 50, 41 at bat. So 366, couple home runs. Good for Mr. Yepes. He's on one of my fantasy teams, so we appreciate his contribution. Very good. How about the team? Uh, who was my pitcher last week? Nestor uh, Cortez from the Yankees. I think it was on Monday we talked after he took a no-hitter into the seventh. Then he pitched Sunday against the White Sox and gave up like two hits in eight innings. So I, I would say between him and Verlander have been your two best pitchers. Should we just put Nestor Cortez again? Uh, no, we won't. Okay. Eh, no, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Gosman for Toronto. Toronto's been good, but I mean Nestor Cortez. I mean he he's early favorite to win the end of the year pitcher of the week award. Uh, Pablo Lopez, we had him a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go with. I'm going to go with Tariq Skubal. Okay. How the hell do you uh, spell he's, that? He's a pitcher for the Tigers. Okay. Tariq, kind of like Tariq Hill or Tariq. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Maybe. T A R I K. Skubal, his last name, S K U B A L. Scooble. Scooble, okay. It's like a Scooble, uh, Scooble. Like Tariq Cohen almost. That's a, that Almost. It's his go. brother. Uh, pitcher for Detroit has a uh, earring of two and a half. Has been uh, by far Detroit's best pitcher. So Tariq Scooble, uh, our pitcher of the week. All right, very good. Uh, anything else we need to get to at all for the week? Do we, anything else we need? Oh, I was uh, going to mention here, uh, it's a month now. A month and counting here. Uh, what, we got what, 30, we here? Well, 32 days? Yeah. 31? Something like that? Yeah, a month away on uh, Wednesday this week will be a month. Holy so it's, cow. Yeah, it's, it's getting here. Countdown. Countdown's happening. Uh, what, what what are the feelings like? What the, the You're nervous? You, there's stuff now that you need to finalize and wrap up? What, what, are, we, what are we looking at here? Yeah, well, once you get under a month, it's like, oh, yeah, this, this is coming up quick, so... Yeah, it'll uh, be here quick. Just a couple, a couple things. You know, if you feel like you're ahead of the game, if you feel like you're, you know, well ahead of where you need to be, and then it's like, all right, there's like four weeks to go, and like, yeah, there's a couple things you gotta finalize. Mm-hmm. So, gotta go to the courthouse, paperwork, and certain things like that. So, I yeah. want to make sure you don't want to come up the weekend before, and like, oh yeah, we forgot this. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we should. I'm sure that'll be a very busy, busy fucking weekend. Just. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're looking forward to it, though. This is going to be a fun fun weekend ahead. So. And, then, and then right after that, we're headed out west that Monday after, so that'll be time off. But when you take time off and take a big vacation, I mean, that's worse than going to work because you're going to be on the go and doing a bunch of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Then you need we a vacation to, to get over, you know, to... 
to be done with the vacation. I think we'll be looking at probably a little bit of an extended break here for the Sports Block podcast throughout the summer here, but we'll 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 discuss that here another time. Um, couple couple things. Yeah. Uh, Kramer Bauer is supposed to have something in May of next year. Wow, that's a you know way to that's not, not, no that's, sense that's of urgency. That's a ways away. Yes, like his appeal hearing could span multiple months. So he's he's suspended for two years. His thing is his grievance against Major League Baseball and his appeal is going to be. I guess May twenty third of this year. I thought it was next year. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so I thought I thought yeah, that was a bit ridiculous. So unless I'm reading this wrong, so if it's May twenty third, that's next week. So. Okay, all right. That seems much fair. Yeah, if it was a if it was of next year, it's like he's de- he seems like he's not trying very hard to play baseball. And again, this is another thing. Like, why does this take so long? As I always say, this does not need to take this long. You know. So, Trevor Bauer deal. Uh, Phil Mickelson, oh, there's a golf, is golf major this weekend, yes, I guess? yeah, the PGA Championship, he's not playing. And he's not playing, and this book, with all of his betting accusations, I'm sure will be a, a hot topic. Well, you and know what, uh, he can make a lot of money off of that book then, because people are going to want to read it. But it's not, it's not his book. Somebody True. else. Somebody else wrote the book. Oh, then that's a, that's a shame here. And uh, this this Saudi Arabia tour, where where Greg Norman's kind of the face of it. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they offered... Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas said he was offered in excess of $100 million. For what? What's he going to do? Just be a face? To do basically what Greg Norman is doing, and he turned it down. I'm like, you know, he's 82 years old. A hundred million dollars. And he said, no. I mean, what? I don't know how much he's worth. I would imagine, you know, he might be worth a hundred million. Jack Nicholas, who knows, maybe 50, hundred million. I don't know. But just to say, you know what? hundred million dollars? No. It's to a, do what? Not much, probably. The principles, That's though, of the thing. incredible. The principles of it all. That's the thing. The um, principles, the $100 million test your fucking principles pretty hard. So. Yeah, absolutely. But that, you know, he's he's, uh, he's sticking to his principles there and his whatever. I mean, because the Saudis, I mean, there's a lot of human rights issues and stuff. Yeah, they, they, they kill and, people and things. Yeah, so that's not good. By the um, way, the Viking schedule got released. Uh, Vikings yes. playing on Thanksgiving. Um, that's great. Ending on the road at Green Bay and at Chicago. Not thrilled about that. So screw you, NFL. Also giving the NFL or the Packers a late buy as that they requested and home uh, two home games to end the season. So again, screw you, NFL, for doing that. Uh, doing the Packers a favor. But the the big takeaway from schedule release night last Thursday, a fun night had by all, is the social media teams. On all 32 teams do a great job for the most part with their schedule release. However, but, one team beat the shit out of all the other teams. And it's not even close. I don't know how the Los Angeles Chargers are ever going to top what they did, but if you have not seen the Chargers schedule release video, go to Twitter, go check out you know, the Chargers handle at Chargers. Check it out. It's anime. It is absolutely fantastic. And the subtle digs 
at here. Like I, I saw the subtle digs, like some of them, and then Peter King on Monday mor- or on Football Morning in, in America uh, did a little more deep diving and stuff. And like the the thing with the the, the Raiders and Antonio Brown's dis- uh, unused helmets or disposed helmets, the Falcons flying into a Waffle House, the W falls off, and oh, get uh, save twenty eight percent off three or save twenty eight cents off three waffles or whatever. It's just it's fantastic. The er- the Jaguar sitting all provocative like uh, Urban Meyer was after the Bengals. It's just incredible, incredible stuff. And the Chargers, by far, uh, you know, we're just going to give them a clap. We might turn into Chargers fans here pretty soon if that's how their social media team's going to work things. Yeah, the Urban Meyer one was good. Uh, the Browns, like they play the Browns week five or six. Yes, so that was... said our lawyers said we can't put yes, what we want to put here. That so. was very, very good. Well, I mean, a lot of good stuff. I mean, nobody came close to. Yeah, and then I don't remember this happening last year, all of these videos and things that these teams put together. So I guess this will become a thing now. I did like the Vikings using John Randall. Like, that was good. Uh-huh. Um, the Detroit Lions had a good, a pretty good one as well. But when you, I don't know, did you see the Vikings one with John Randall? Like, I, I saw some of it, yeah. Uh, it, yep. was, it was pretty good. But nothing, nothing compares to what the Chargers did. It was just... Did did everybody get together and decide, oh, yeah, we're all going to do this this year? I think think it's become a trend here lately. Has that been last year? Yes, yep. But there were teams... Yeah. I don't know if it was quite as wide um, uh, as as maybe widespread uh, widespread or as... as, um, as, I I don't know. Like, it wasn't as uh, publicized as as it was this year. But this is a thing. This is like the one chance for the social media teams to be like, yeah, let's look at this. Let's put something together here. And it kind of makes the, the schedule release, I guess, a little more fun. But now next year, I'm going to look for the 32 teams. I want to watch those videos. I don't need to watch no schedule release show. I want to watch all 32 teams. I want to do it like a bracket style. Let's do March Madness bracket style. Let's... Uh, just do it. 32 teams, and let's see who has the best video. Vote on it. That's what needs to happen next year. Let's make yeah. it happen. May Madness for social media. May, Mad- uh, May Madness social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will very much be looking forward to what the Chargers do next year. What was this Thursday? I mean, Thursday night, I was focused on the storm, so I didn't watch anything. Right. When it came to this, um, you look at the first six for the Vikings before the bye. Your, I mean, your schedule was pretty close in a lot of aspects. I knew a few of them. Like, I knew Philly. I knew New Orleans already, and I had heard of the, the Green Bay game. But you had, uh, what, against Dallas after Thanksgiving. Yep. Uh, you had the Packers on Thanksgiving, but it's, um, you know, they have New England on Thursday, so that's, you had them on Thanksgiving. So yep. I'll give you that. Thank you. Uh, at, or, uh, at Detroit was right on the money. You did not have them taking a bye after London, which I thought, why would you not? Um, but they're not taking a bye for two weeks after London, which I think is fucking ridiculous. Um, I, I looked at it, and it's like, there's been 30, 35 London games, and only four times has the team not taken a bye after that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very odd, whether that's the Vikings' choice or whoever. Um, but when you look at that, I, I feel like you know you got to make the playoffs. There's no reason why you shouldn't win 10 games here. I agree. There are very winnable games here. You look at this first six. 
Your two toughest are your first six or your first two. Green Bay and Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You've, 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 you've beaten Green Bay. You know, they they made some changes. You're at home. It's going to be an exciting game. I feel like the game against Green Bay is kind of at is advantageous for the Vikings, but at the same time, a bit of a disadvantage because one, it's going to be the Packers' first real game without Devontae Adams. So I think the offense is going to be a so work in progress. So I think that's good. But on the flip side, with the Vikings switching from four three to three four, I just I fear AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones just pounding the rock against them time and time again. The Vikings not being able to stop the run. That's the because the Vikings are still getting used to that defense. So that's the only counter argument I have to that. But I I do like the Vikings playing against uh, Devontae Adamsless Rogers squad right away to start the year. I feel like you got to win one of these first two. Yes. You know, at, at Philadelphia can be tough, but then those next four, you have to win all of them. Mm-hmm. You have to beat Detroit. You have to beat New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You have to beat Chicago, and you have to beat Miami. You yep. cannot lose. You should not lose. You need to win all of those. I think if you're serious. If you're a serious fucking team, yep. you beat Detroit and Chicago. Yes. Yes, have to. So you, you four and two going into the bye, four and two. If you're any worse than that, fuck off. <laughs> um, I mean, you, you got Arizona. Beat Arizona. Yes. Uh, beat Washington. Yes. Beat beat the Cowboys. Yes. Uh, beat the uh, beat the Giants and the Jets. Beat the Patriots beat, for the first time since 1997. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them. I'll, I'll give New England that one. Uh, beat Detroit. Beat Chicago again. Mm-hmm. That's seven wins. I'm talking ten, ten, eleven wins. I mean. You know, my at Green Bay at Chicago is tough. Whatever you need to do, wrap shit up before you get to that stretch because, you know, at Green Bay is not going to be a win. And at Chicago, Chicago would be fucking 3-13 and and I wouldn't expect him to win that game. So. Oh, no, I, th- I wouldn't either. My early prognostication for the Vikings, my early prediction for him, and I have to wait and see how it all play- plays out with, uh, you know, the remainder, you know, any free agent sign at this point, you know, good luck to you. And, you know, I want to see what happens in training camp, injuries and and whatnot. So that that can certainly play a factor in here. But I see this Vikings team being uh, between 10 and 5 and 12 and 7. I'm sorry, 12 and 5 and 10 and 7. I do think 12 and 5 is the ceiling for this team this year. 10 and 7 maybe seems a bit like of a stretch, but uh, I think, you know, a change in face, a change in attitude and energy that Kevin O'Connell will bring to this team is enough to, for them to win two more games than last year. And by all means, they could have won fucking 13 games last year. They could have, absolutely. But they didn't, so... Like in schedule, that's good. And then looking at some, I guess, the, the primetime schedules... Like, why are we putting the Bears on? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how the the Lions don't get a primetime game and the Bears get three. Well, the Lions, I can understand that. The Lions are going to be better Chicago? than the Bears this year. That's a, I, I, I'm going to put that in stone right now. The Lions will be better than the Bears this year. Bears-Packers week two. Gross. Like, why? I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a game I give a shit less about than that. <laughs> Ravens and Steelers is up there. Uh, like Cowboys Giants is pretty close. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the Bears because they're never any good. And when they are, 
They are horrid to watch because their offense sucks. They've never had a quarterback in 80 years, mm-hmm. and their defense is always good, and nobody wants to watch a good defensive team. So they've got that. What else do they got? They got, uh, the they got a Monday night on game, too, somewhere. They got Patriots on Monday night. Uh, let's see what. Like, and, and they're not. They're not going to be good, so it's bad. So yeah, you look at the you know, Bills Rams. That's the biggest game you could have had, and I'm glad. I mean, put that on number one. What? The last couple of years they haven't. Yep. Bills Rams, the biggest game you could have. Well, think of the make that. Think of the the options that the NFL had. They could have put the Broncos there. They put that Christmas Day. They could have had the Cowboys or the 49ers. They chose not to. I think one of the the interesting things about this, what really swayed me, because I didn't want Bill's Rams right away. I'm like, ah, that's like a intercom like you, you want like you want to save those games for later on, like when you know both teams are going to be really good. But what swung me in favor was the fact that they said Von Miller could then see the Super Bowl banner get unveiled. That was enough. Yeah. For, that was enough for me to be like, okay, yep, that's I'm fine with Bills Rams. That's the right choice. So Von because Von Miller's on the Bills now, so good for him. Good so for him. he can see then the championship. Sure, uh, LA, LA Rams great Von Miller. Well, uh, good yeah, for him. Good for him. See it, so. He won one. Um, I mean, you know, if we do our drafts, I think the biggest game of the year is Chiefs-Bucks. That's week four, Sunday yeah. night. And I would say that's the biggest game. I would have to say Chiefs-Bills, maybe. Is that, is that out there? Chiefs-Bills? Yep. Bills? yep. Is that on a Bills Chiefs? It's CBS. A, it's, yeah, it's a CBS late afternoon game, three twenty-five, a week six. Yeah, those would be your top two. So I'm mean, looking at the Sunday night. You know, it's 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 pretty good as usual. Um, Monday, so I mean, there's a there's a scheduling note that dumb shit Adam Schefter has. <laughs> next next year stack and Monday Night Football will have flex scheduling. Good. From weeks 14 to 18. And there will not be one, not two. There will be three Monday night doubleheaders. Oh, wow. That's... So there's only what? One Seattle, one. Denver in week one, and then week two is the doubleheader. Yep. And then that's it. Yep. So they're, they're, they're doing some different things with the schedule. Sure are. Um... And I saw Kirk Herbstreet, and he was like, oh, man, I'm pumped for these first four games we got. We got, you know, this one and this team and that team and all this team. And then he stopped because, like, week five or six is Washington, Chicago. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, when I look at this Amazon slate here, this Amazon Prime slate, like Chargers Chiefs, of course, you're, you're going to give them the big, the big one. one. And uh, I saw uh, an interview or, a, cl- or a, a comment made by Mike North, the NFL VP of Broadcast Programming or Planning. And again, I want that job. That's my dream job. Um, he had said that they wanted to make the Thursday night football game. They want to make it a very attractive slate, at least this first year for Amazon Prime, since Amazon's paying him a lot of money. I think it was Mike North that said this. Maybe it was just an article somewhere. Yeah, he's the and guy I, that said whatever the hell I said. Yep. Um, 
But you take a look at some of the like Colts Broncos. Yeah, that's that's good. Cardinals Saints or, or Saints Cardinals. No, thank you. That's boring as hell. Ravens Buccaneers. Okay, that's fine. No, I mean, I would say Ravens Bucks is the best game they've got outside of Chargers Chiefs. Those will be your two best games you'll have. Yeah, I mean, Dolphins Bengals has potential. But Saints, Cardinals, the only intrigue with that is DeAndre Hopkins. Is That'll be his first game after his six-game suspension. Bills, Patriots is a good one. Yeah, I, I think the Patriots are going to be bad this year. I don't, I don't, the Eagles, Texans, no, no, Eagles, Texans, no thank you. Falcons, Panthers, no thank you. Titans, Packers, ooh, I can't wait to watch uh, the Titans get run uh, run up by you know Aaron Rodgers and company like they did in the snow a few years ago. Yeah, no thanks. Uh, Raiders, Chargers, that's going to be good. 49ers, Seahawks, eh. Honestly, Week 16, Jaguars, Jets, let's get excited Wait, for that. How do you do that? I, how do you do that? Jaguars and the Jets. Well, tr- number one versus number two, Trevor Lawrence against Zach Wilson. That's Yeah, Zach Wilson's number two, all right. He's fucking <laughs> number two in more ways than one. Like, if you're talking, who have been the worst worst teams last three, four years? It's the Jets and the, and the Jaguars. Oh, yes. Yes, without and you're question. putting that on week 16. Fuck off. Um, I think Seattle is going to be horrendous. I think so too. I don't. Th- I think they're going to be bad. And then you have the Titans are playing two Thursday games this year, not back to back, which is odd. I. Yeah, and the Titans are a team. They're they're good, but nobody cares about them. I think they're going to be bad this year. I think I think uh, based off of what happened in the draft with them drafting Malik Willis. Ryan Tannehill's comments about he was he was in a dark space and whatnot, and then you I trade mean, AJ a, Brown. You know, like, I, that you lost a football game, all right. You lost a football game. He's a competitor. Let's not act like you're going to take your life. I mean, he's a competitor, Chris. He's a competitor. He, he fucking sucks. I mean, take a fucking break. You lost to the Bengals. Christ. Well, maybe that's why it hits harder because they lost to the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, then they beat the fucking Chiefs the next week and. Goddamn near won the Super Bowl. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, then you look at the Monday night schedule and it looks looks decent. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you, know, you know, you got the Giants week three against Dallas. Fuck off there. <laughs> the Bears week seven versus the Patriots. You know, like Browns. Browns should be decent. Pretty good. They got a good quarterback. I, but who knows how many games Watson's going to play this year if, you know, Well, like, make this decision now. What are we waiting for? I, I don't know. And that's... That's why is he playing or not? That's why for me the Browns are the one of the most difficult teams to peg what they're going to do this year because I don't know what how long Watson's going to be suspended. I think the Saints are going to be good. I think so too. I, they got I mean, a, they, they were good with Jameis Winston. Then he got hurt and they fell off. I think he's a perfectly good quarterback. Yep, they got I mean, we, the, we, they resigned with Jarvis Landry, the wide receiver, and they got yep. the Honey Badger. So yeah, I think the Saints are doing good things. Week 17, Monday night, Bills, Bengals. I'm all about that. So, yes. I mean, they got a good Rams, Packers, week 15, Monday night. They yep. got a, they got some good games on Monday night. Sure do. And one final thing, apparently Drew Brees is done with his illustrious broadcast career, it appears, after one year at NBC in which he was just bland as the toast or the white bread in my fucking freezer. <laughs> Like he and uh, oh, he didn't get one to, more thing. He didn't get to call as many games this year as he thought he would. Well, he's not. Oh, he, well, he did Notre Dame games. Like he's just a guy. He doesn't. And we, we want to mention here the Tom Brady contract. Oh yes. 
Holy of God. what three hundred seventy-five million for ten years. Yep. So Fox gets him, and we'll see who the one-year Fox guy is. It's going to be you Kevin know, Burkhart. Who? Yeah, it's Kevin Burkhart. Well, no, who's going to be his partner? Oh, I think it's Greg Olson. I, I think it'll be Greg Olson. And I would say Greg Olson is better at this than Tom Brady is, and he will be better than him. Mm-hmm. And you have to pay him a fraction of that. I, I like Greg Olson. I like what I've seen and heard from him. Yep. You don't need the biggest stars. You know, obviously, you know, Tom Brady, 10 years, $375 million, big deal to get him. You want to make a big splash, you want to have a big slap to the face of Greg Olson, you put Brady on, you have his first game be the Super Bowl. If the Pucks are clean, yes. <laughs> yes. Assuming they're not there, you want to make big noise. Say, Brady, you're done playing Super Bowl. You're doing the Super Bowl yep. with us. So that, and he, I don't think he's good. Like, he's just going to be fine. He's going to be like Drew Brees, like anybody else. Big name, obviously. Worth $400 million almost? No. The, the key but, is, can he criticize the coaches and the players? Because that's what they say is needed to be a good broadcaster. Like, Tony Romo, he will criticize when... I don't know what they're talking about, Jim! Like, Jim? <laughs> like I, I like Romo. People have grown sick of him. I still like him. I do, too. I like his energy. He's got an enthusiasm. And he's another guy that they brought right right off uh, the field and said, all right, boom, you are our number one guy. Mm-hmm. Damn near sight unseen. And he ended up working out, and I still like him. I, you know, predicting the play stuff is great, and everything else he brings, I like him. I just don't so, – that, that that doesn't seem like it's in Brady's arsenal or his repertoire. So, so I, I don't – we'll see, but, like, Joe Montana – like, when he was done, like, NBC hired him for a year to be in the studio, and He's bad. I don't know, like, most people already probably don't remember it because it lasts for, like, one year. Well, think about Magic Johnson's uh, ventures yes. into the studio. He's terrible. Like, he was there when, when he was done in the early 90s. He was, like, doing games for NBC. And then he's been with ESPN. He's done a lot of stuff, and, like, he's not good at it. Mm-mm. He goes, oh, yeah, Magic Johnson. No, he's not good at this. No. So it's not. We talked last week about J.J. Redick and who's good at this. And uh, Patrick Beverly made news today, trashing Chris Paul again. Yeah. I know. I think no, Patrick Beverly would be good on these debate shows or whatever. Yes. Um, it's not. You know, it's not always. Oh, we got to get LeBron James. We got to get the next big star. We got to get Kevin Durant. Like, no, give me somebody who's interesting. So. Like most people will assume Brady won't be all this great at it, but we will see. You know, if there was one guy from like I'm trying, I'm this would be interesting to do sometime if we drafted one guy with a personality from every team and just like had them try and square off. Like who would be the mm. best broadcaster? Uh, like in the NFL right now as an active player, I would. Like, some teams have far more characters than others do. I'm just trying to think from the Vikings standpoint right now. Like, who would who would that be? Who would you put in? I mean, do you put Adam Thielen in? Like, Thielen is, I think, would do okay. It certainly wouldn't be Minnie Van Kirk. Um, trying to think defensively. who Like, who would you put? Patrick Peterson in there, maybe? I... 
Eric Kendricks is too soft-spoken. I don't know who... I'm trying to think of a ridiculous name, but I can't come up with it. Okay, I mean... What about Udo, the offensive lineman? Udo. Oh, yeah. Lafette Udo. <laughs> yeah. Udo. Yeah, like, you know, you, you never know who... Look at all these guys on ESPN, like Tim Hasselbeck. Yeah, career backup. Career much. backup into an, uh, Dan Orlowski. Yes. Right? Like he's like they're one of their main guys now. What you know? What he's most famous for running out of the back of the end zone for a safety against the Vikings. And he'll be much more famous and well known for doing what he's doing now than he did playing football. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's interesting to you know who the best guys are. It's not always the uh, the biggest stars, but that's a lot of money. Good for him for getting it. Yeah, like he really um, needed it. He, like, like if any guy out there, for, good for Tom Brady. I feel so bad for him. He needs it. He needs well, it's like one of these things. Up. Like you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on outside of football. Mm-hmm. And he retired and unretired in a month, and he's already decided. You know, once I'm done, I'm still going to be at a football game every Sunday. And I assume you have to be there by Friday of that week. Thursday? Oh, Friday? Yeah, Friday, no, I mean, because Saturday you got production Thursday? meetings and whatnot. Yeah, maybe. Well, you'll be there at least by Friday, so that's three more days away from here. Half the week you're gone still. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a little better, I would guess, but there's sometimes you have home games. There are no home games when you're an announcer. They're all on the road. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, the travel is even worse than for a broadcaster than it is for an actual player. So... We'll see how he does. Maybe he'll be fucking fantastic. Maybe he'll be the most entertaining some bitch I've ever seen. Like Peyton Manning never did this. He did what he's doing with ESPN, and that's a good format for him. Mm-hmm. And based off of that, I think he would be fine in the booth. You know, and Eli Manning, I think, is, is better than I thought he would be. Yes. Yeah, Eli's you know, like funny. Eli Manning would be, oh, yeah, he'd be pretty awful. He's pretty blah. But he's kind of entertaining in his own weird way. I kind of wish Cooper yeah. would join the Manning cast here, because Cooper sure. here is the funniest of the bunch. Yeah, well, Manning broadcast. Um, you know, and I would, you know, if I was in charge, I would, I would make Pat McAfee my number one analyst for my number one team. Pat McAfee. Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah, he, he's, he's, the number, he's on SmackDown right now doing wrestling. He also has his daily show. And he did a couple games for Fox. But if you want, like, that personality and stuff, mm-hmm. that energy, okay, I mean, I would make him my number one guy. Inter- yeah, you know, he would definitely bring it. That, that, that's for sure. So... There you go. There you go. All right. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long? That's it. All right. Uh, hopefully the weather's good this week, and uh, we will talk to you next week, my friend. Have a great rest of your week. All right. I'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time as always. Great stuff there. A lot that we went into weather-wise. Uh, of course, the shooting, uh, some thoughts on that with what happened in Buffalo this weekend Enough is enough, quite frankly of this but uh nhl playoffs uh, the nba the the conference finals are said it's phil it's a uh, golden state against dallas it's a three versus four in the west and you have the one versus two miami against boston in the east so should be good series there but the nhl fantastic over the weekend these five game sevens were just 
fantastic. I mean, started out with Boston or with Boston and Carolina and Carolina. The home team won every game in that series. Um, it, it was just incredible what took place there. Carolina's up 3-1. Boston scores a goal late, makes it 3-2. Then they win the faceoff. This was 20 seconds left. They get a couple of good shots off, and uh, they had good looks. Carolina just hung on to win 3-2. Tampa Bay, they win Game 7 in Toronto. Again, it, it's Toronto. Ten straight losses, uh, consecutive losses, when they had a chance to win it at the end. It's just awful. Uh, Oilers win 2-0. Connor McDavid, a fantastic goal. In that one. Then Sunday, we had the Rangers complete the 3-1 series comeback. They beat the Penguins 4-3. They were down 3-2 in that game. Scored late and then scored in overtime. Then the flame. Okay, Jake, uh, um, this, the, the Stars goalie, just fantastic. 64 saves. Calgary kept peppering him with shots, and uh, he just hung in there. It was incredible. Um, Jake Ottinger. Ottinger. Uh, Fantastic, but Calgary wins that game three to two. So the Battle of Alberta is in. Uh, it's going on in the Western Conference in the Pacific Division. You have Colorado against St. Louis in the Central. In the East, you have Carolina against the Rangers in the Metropolitan, and then in the Atlantic, the Battle of Florida, Florida against Tampa Bay. It's really hard to pick against Tampa Bay, but um, I'm still going with Florida. But don't say that with a great deal of confidence at all. Uh, we'll talk more hockey, of course, as the, the playoffs go on. We'll see when Marcus uh, wants to join us again. And, of course, our continued thoughts and prayers are with him and, and his family. So uh, that does it for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, just search Sports Block Podcast. Also on pot, on podcast.com. Search the Sports Block Podcast. A link to the podcast posted in the middle to later part of each week. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken. Uh, Travis Crins on Twitter, at Travis Crins. A link, again, to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. I hope you all have a great week. If you are in the Dakotas and you, you know, survived the storms last week, uh, continued prayers and stuff uh, you know, to get things back to, to normal. It's a phenomenon of a storm system that went through on Thursday. So incredible there. I uh, hope you all have a great week. And enjoy the NBA playoffs. Enjoy the NHL playoffs. And we'll be back next week to talk about it all. So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Blog Podcast.